Hey everybody, welcome to the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Canyon Bakehouse. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about the delicious, certified, gluten-free breads, bagels, English muffins, and other baked goods that are made right here in Johnstown, Colorado. Canyon Bakehouse's gluten, dairy, nut, and soy-free products make it easy for families to enjoy the taste and texture of fresh bread so everyone can love bread again. Find them at any major grocery store in the freezer or fresh bread aisle, or purchase online and visit canyonglutenfree.com to grab a coupon. Off a high screen, Dorian, kick to the corner, Feirano for three, it's good with the foul! And back to throw is the quarterback, and Hayward is sacked by Joey Porter. Page takes it in, scores, J.D. Page. Boy, Stevens lets it go, and there's your touchdown. Michael Gallup. Got it down low, Hornung, dunk! And here come the students. Leading by 10, here's Van Pelt. He's at the five, touchdown, Colorado State. What's up? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Canyon Bakehouse. As always, I am your host, Justin Michael. Uh, It's been a few days. Sorry to the regular subscribers. Sorry to everyone that's been waiting for me to drop this new podcast. I know I haven't had one since last week, about halfway through last week. Had some family stuff go down. Um, My grandmother, unfortunately, in the hospital with pneumonia. I had to have some pretty intensive surgery and stuff, so kind of a scary moment and stuff so it was just really chaotic in my life kind of leading up to that game on Saturday I really appreciate everyone that reached out to me on Twitter uh, genuinely does mean a lot to me so thank you so much to everyone that uh, just kind of wish me well during these tough times wish my grandmother well uh, it certainly means a lot to me and you know as I said I will show her those messages as well and she will appreciate Uh, Just, you know, the kindness from everyone. So shout out to all of you. I really do appreciate it. Wanted to lead with that because obviously the uh, the football game was not a lot of fun for CSU fans. Not going to be super fun to talk about if we're being completely honest. Um, Wow. It just, it feels like this team just finds ways to lose. I mean, the 11th consecutive trophy game loss in the Mike Bobo era they haven't beat Air Force or Wyoming since 2015. Never beaten CU. Uh, never beaten Boise State. Haven't won a bowl game yet. The list just goes on and on. Uh, look, I, I I understand why everyone is so frustrated, and we're going to kind of talk about that. We're going to recap just some of, some of what we learned in this Air Force game, just kind of what went wrong. Had a chance to hear from Mike Bobo today on Monday uh, about just his thoughts now that he's 
had a couple of days to kind of take the emotion out of it and rewatch it on film. So we'll talk about just, you know, what he thinks CSU needs to do better moving forward. I'll give some of my input as well. We will talk about uh, some of the initial thoughts on this Wyoming matchup, uh, Friday night games. So we have a little less time than normal to preview it, but we'll obviously have plenty of content leading up to the game. And then finally, I think we're just going to kind of conclude with some audio from Mike Bobo today that just kind of talks about uh, hatred. I asked him, you know, do you want your players to to have more hatred for some of these teams like Wyoming Air Force? That's something that Jamal Hicks said to me a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Bobo kind of dismissed it to an extent. I think, you know, he understands that, you know, the intensity and that I think that there you can benefit from coming out with a little extra oomph, just a little, you know, a little swagger to your game. But, you know, it can also, that kind of emotion can really take you out of it. And I think it can make you do a little too much. And to an extent, I think that's kind of what CSU did against Air Force last week. And Bobo kind of brought that up. I feel like maybe they just kind of pressed a little bit, tried to do a little too bit, a little bit too much, especially defensively, I think, in that second half. And it kind of, you know, it, it it left some opportunities for big plays. And kudos to Air Force. They were able to to take advantage um really frustrating when you lose to air force and you don't get completely torched on the ground just such a weird both their victories over csu and cu were just so odd like they were basically because they had some success through the air not a not a ton of success but you know just enough to get it done so that's something we'll talk about later as well but let's just kind of jump right into things with this CSU Air Force game, kind of recap it briefly, go over some of these numbers here. Um, they're not pretty. Let's, let's, that's one way to put it. Patrick O'Brien able to pad the passing numbers a little bit thanks to some of those big plays he was able to hit late in the fourth quarter. Uh, we all know that it, it was not a stellar passing game, though. Uh, in the game... CSU actually finishes with more first downs than Air Force, 22 to 19. Uh, only four of 16 on third down. That's that's awful. Air Force was seven of 15, significantly better. Both teams were really good on fourth down. Air Force two of two, CSU three of four. I, re- I really enjoyed that both of these coaches kind of came out aggressive and went for it on fourth down early, showed no hesitation to to play aggressive. I always appreciate that. I wish Mike Bobo maybe would have kept up that aggression when he called a draw play on third and long to set up a 53-yard field goal, considering how awful special teams has been. But, you know, that's that's a whole other argument. CSU had more yards in this game, 386 to 353. So it's like they had more passing yards. They had significantly less rushing yards. That was a huge problem. In this game, 31 carries, only 39 yards, 1.3 average. To be fair, uh, Patrick O'Brien had like negative 38 rushing yards, so he kind of skewed them a little bit, but it's not like even if you add those, it's it wouldn't make the numbers that much more impressive. You have to run the football, man. We've talked about it so many times this year. If CSU can't run the football, this offense just doesn't function. It makes it hard for the quarterback to get the ball to the playmakers. Like We've seen with Patrick O'Brien, he throws a really, really pretty deep ball. Probably, no, definitely a better deep ball than Colin. Probably a better deep ball than just about any CSU quarterback that they've had over the last decade. 
maybe somebody else in there. I don't know. There have been so many quarterbacks. Kind of tough to remember. My point is he has a hose. He just has to be more consistent, and that's kind of what Bobo talked about today. Um, needs to be more consistent with his reads. I think he's just taking way too long to progress from one to two, two to three, obviously. Bobo brought that up, said part of that's on Patrick. He just needs to move through his reads faster and, and get more comfortable, and a lot of that comes with preparation and being able to to recognize what the defense is doing pre-snap so that you're not having to do so much of this on the fly. And then part of it is kind of on the staff themselves. They need to call plays that's conducive to their offense that help him out a little bit. If he's struggling making reads, they need to call plays that allow him to to get the ball out of his hands a little bit faster. So it'll be interesting to see if CSU is able to do that against Wyoming. Uh, Wyoming has a really, really dominant defense, probably probably the best defense that CSU has played so far this season. Uh, San Diego State also has a stellar defensive unit, so you could really make an argument for either one of those teams, I think, and I don't think anyone would necessarily argue with you, but Patrick's got to be better. He's got to be more consistent. He needs to have better awareness. There were multiple times in that Air Force game where he kind of stepped right into the pressure now. I understand that the offensive line was not great, and they, they have not been great in pass protection. Part of that is when they're not able to run, then the defense is you know, really able to tee off, and that's kind of what Air Force did in that second half. They didn't blitz all night, but they were just kind of able to create pressure, bring in different stunts and stuff like that. That's one of the things that O'Brien talked about after the game. He felt like it kind of created confusion up front along that, just in the front seven there, and they, they had a hard time adjusting. But the passing offense, it just has to be better. It can't just be, you know, drop back and throw a 65-yard deep ball to Dante Wright. It can't just be only throw the, you know, the ball off to Warren Jackson, let him go get it. That can be a really big part of your offense. I mean, Warren's a stud. I've said it time and time again that he's the best wide receiver in the conference, probably the best offensive player in the Mountain West. Um, you know, he didn't end up getting named a semifinalist for the Blitnikoff Award, but he doesn't need that kind of recognition. We all know this dude is for real. He's going to be a star in the NFL. It's only a matter of time. But, you know, they just have to they have to be able to do more than that. They have to be able to get Marcus McElroy going. I think you saw that in the Fresno State win a little bit uh, in the New Mexico win. I know Marvin was still on the team for that one. Uh, but this U- the UNLV win as well. When CSU is a balanced offense, they're really dangerous. They have a lot of tools. You get a couple of really solid tight ends and Trey McBride and Cam Butler. Uh, Griffin Hammer just can't seem to stay healthy. You've got a pretty decent wide receiving core, uh, really decent wide receiving core. I mean, much better than most of the league. This is a team that shouldn't be struggling to put up points, and they just they couldn't do anything offensively against Air Force, and I think that was what was so frustrating just part of it was the I think they got kind of vanilla once they got the lead I think they were a little bit scared part of it I think is they just didn't really know what to do because Patrick was holding on to the football for so freaking long gotta get rid of the football I mean it was it was brutal (laughs) but we'll see you got a huge game coming up with Wyoming and we're gonna kind of jump into that I don't want to spend too long dwelling on this Air Force game the Pass of the pass, they lost it. They had a chance to win that one. Another tight loss that'll unfortunately go on Bobo's record, but 
that's how it is. He's got to figure out a way to win some of these games because it just it hasn't been good enough. That's really the only way to put it. It it has not been good enough over the last five years. But we're going to continue talking about this and more after the break. Just going to take a quick second to acknowledge one of our partners. It's time to take a second to acknowledge the official beer of DNVR Rams. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Breckenridge Brewery from Colorado Core, Strawberry Sky, Avalanche Ale, everything in between. Breckenridge has what it takes to get you nice and loosey-goosey on football on game day, to make your party a hit, to make you a better dancer, to make you a little bit better of a liar. I don't know. Whatever you're trying to do, Breckenridge is the beer to do it with. I don't know about you guys, but I think that I am getting a little bit better at those reads. I think I'm getting a little bit smoother. Don't want to uh, toot my own horn a little bit too much there, but I think uh, I'm earning the old paycheck, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Uh, If you didn't see on Twitter, we have a bet going with the guys over at 7220.com. They do a great job covering all things Wyoming. Uh, I believe it's a free site. It's been a little bit since I've been on there may have changed but last time i was on there it was non-subscription so you can go check out their content uh we're gonna do some type of bet with them uh based on the outcome of the border war not sure what exactly we're gonna do probably something to do with swapping beers you know we recommended breckenridge beer but it's still 1920 up in laramie they only drink coors apparently so we'll see (laughs) we'll figure out something fun though they're good guys they got uh all kinds of great content and they're a lot of fun so we're going to do something fun with them if you have a suggestion go ahead and tweet it at us Uh, we would definitely appreciate it but let's talk about this border war a little bit and just how important it is i think it's no secret that mike bobo's seat is heating up i wouldn't say at this point that he is definitively coaching for his job i just it's going to get so complicated with this buyout, and I'm going to write about it before the game on Friday, just kind of my opinion on the context of this game, so I don't want to go necessarily too far into it here, but he's got to win this game, and this is probably the most important game of his tenure, I would argue. It's just kind of interesting. I mean, it's it's we're one year to the day from CU firing Mike McIntyre. Now, he was in his sixth season, so he played a little bit more or got a little bit more time than if Bobo were to be done this year. But just for comparative sake, uh, in six years, almost six full seasons, he got fired, obviously, before the end of the season. Didn't get to finish it. Uh, But he went 30-44. and As it currently stands, Mike Bobo, uh, 28-33, and pretty similar uh, Bobo, just based on how they're going, would probably be slightly better uh, if he was given another full season with CSU, I got to imagine. They would win more than two games, and that would be assuming that they lost these next two even, so he technically could win two games this year and go 30 and 33, in which case he'd be significantly better in six years, but obviously <laughs> Mike McIntyre had perfect record against Mike Bobo, so he won the head-to-head. Uh, made a Pac-12 tournament, or excuse me, Pac-12 championship game, something Mike Bobo has yet to do. So it is an interesting argument. I know CU has a bigger athletic budget, and I think it's a little bit easier for them to move on from a coach. Then again, they also decided to give McIntyre that sixth year when they didn't necessarily have to. So 
it's going to get really interesting. I think CSU is kind of at the that point where Joe Parker is going to have to make a decision. You know, are they going to move on like CU did with McIntyre, or are they going to commit to Bobo for another year and just kind of point to some of the, you know, Colin Hill's injuries and some of the other setbacks that have kind of held them back this year? It's tough to say. Uh, regardless of what ends up coming of it, I think CSU just they have to perform well in this border war it's just been it's been so long since they've really showed out in a game that actually matters to the fans and it's it's disheartening man I mean college football is all about these rivalries and like the chance to rub it in you know the faces of your friends that vote for those teams I've got some friends that are Cowboys fans and they've obviously been giving me crap for years now and same goes with CU it's just like it just gets so disheartening for the fans when you continue to lose these games because you have nothing to brag about. I mean, you can't you can't even really defend yourself if you're a CSU fan at this point. It's not even like a fair fight when some of these other teams come in. CU, uh, Air Force fans, CU fans, Wyoming fans, they all have bragging rights over CSU right now. And I think that's just kind of what's made this whole thing so hard to stomach for CSU fans. You know, I wrote about the Jim McElwain era and I wrote about how despite the fact that he had success against some of those teams, a lot of those numbers were skewed. Like he never beat a bull eligible CU team. He never beat a bull eligible air force or Wyoming team. All his wins over those teams were against really, really poor squads. But at the end of the day, all that CSU fans care about is the fact that they won those games. They don't care that he beat mediocre or bad Wyoming teams. They just care that he beat the Wyoming teams. They just care that the bronze boot came back to Fort Collins and it's it's been up in Laramie since 2015 gosh so long I can't believe it's really been that long since CSU's won this game maybe I'll have to post a picture from the 2014 year when CSU won as well um it's it has been streaky like that over the last 20 years or so whoever ends up winning seems to kind of win for a couple years in a row We'll see. Maybe it's CSU's turn to win for a couple of years. Wyoming's won the last couple, obviously the last three. But let's let's talk about this Wyoming team and kind of what makes this an, a difficult matchup in particular for CSU. I'm going to write about this as well. Um, but one, you know, I, I already said their defense is phenomenal. Uh, led by Logan Wilson at middle linebacker, the best defensive player in the conference. I mean, he is a shoe-in for Mountain West Defensive Player of the Year at this point just a freak athlete a dude that's definitely going to be playing on Sundays um can fly all over the field good against the run has multiple interceptions that he's taken back for touchdowns so not only is he good in coverage but if he you know grabs it he has the ability to take it all the way back Bobo actually mentioned that today at his press conference how how being a skill guy in high school kind of gives him a unique uh just set of skill I didn't want to use skill again, but being a skill guy, uh, you know, makes him just gives him a unique skill set. So that's really the only way to put it. I was trying to come up with a better way there. But anyways, you guys get the point. Um, Offensively, they're not that dangerous. Like they don't they can't really consistently move the football. They don't have a great offensive line. They like to go heavy and really run the football. Uh, They're one of the few teams in the country that will just like straight run power at you multiple times in a row. Uh, it's not sexy, but it works. You know, it's if they can milk you for four or five yards a pop, it'll it'll just keep 
their offense on the field. It wears you down, especially when they had Chambers running things. Then they could kind of mix in that QB run, QB sweeps to the outside, and he'd get a big big guy out in front of him and let him get some steam going, and it'd be hard to stop. I think he busted a couple of touchdowns against Missouri in that week one or zero week, whatever it was, uh, matchup earlier this year, and he did that to kind of to everyone, did it to CSU last year, able to run the football really well. You got to stop the run, but the thing is about this Wyoming team is a lot like Air Force. They can kind of lull you in, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and then all of a sudden they send one of their guys, you know, Austin Conway on a post route, and he's uncontested because the safety's eyes were lurking in the in the backfield, got caught peeking, and all of a sudden you're watching Conway run behind you for the touchdown. Like Air Force only completed five passes in that win over CSU but three of them went for touchdowns. So it's like, yes, you have to stop the run. Yes, that has to be your primary emphasis. But you can't just completely forget about the pass because if you do, they will take advantage. Air Force was able to do it three different times. Uh, There were actually two or three other times where they had guys wide open and Hammond just wasn't able to hit the throw. So it'll be interesting. You know, Vanderwall, I think he's probably probably a better thrower of the football than Chambers was. I don't think he's necessarily like a stellar, kind of like O'Brien, just a big arm. You know, he's not necessarily a guy that's going to pick you apart and go from read to read and really methodically move the football, but he can really let it go, and they've got some speed on the outside. So if you forget about the passing game, you know, they can make you pay. It's going to be interesting. I just, so much is at stake for CSU this week. I'm curious, like, does a win, does it buy Bobo some time with the fans? I don't know. I mean, it, it obviously doesn't make up for five years worth of disappointment I mean if I'll say this if you lose to Wyoming this week particularly if you just don't show up at all or if you should win and find a way to collapse and lose which is kind of the classic way to lose in the Bobo era I don't think there's any turning back I know I've said it multiple times that with the buyout it gets complicated letting him go and because of that I think Bobo will ultimately be back but I just don't know how you sell it to the fans at that point. Like, it was already a pretty lethargic atmosphere against Air Force. I mean, that should have been one of the best games of the year. I've been to CSU Air Force games in the past where it's been phenomenal. I think back to that 2014 game at the Academy, uh, the 10-win season for CSU. Air Force obviously got that win, which sucked for CSU fans that made the trip the day after Thanksgiving, but it was just such an electric atmosphere sold out stadium basically 50 50 air force and csu everything that you love about college football just both sides passionately rooting for their teams and this past saturday was nothing like that it was completely dead at canvas stadium it really it really was disappointing you know i was looking forward to that game in the morning i even tweeted about it and just to see it be such a ghost town was it was disappointing you know i think the people that criticize CSU for building this new stadium are probably laughing a little bit that the Rams are struggling to to fill those seats and you know I'm not saying the fans are wrong for not showing up I completely understand uh, everybody's frustrated it's been a lot of disappointment over these last five years I don't think the late kickoffs help at all particularly in November nobody wants to freeze just to watch their team lose another rivalry game but They've got to figure out something, man, because this is just, it's getting depressing. It's getting real depressing. I think this team has shown a lot of fight. I think 
in a lot of ways, this team is significantly improved from last year. Talent-wise, schematically-wise, just execution-wise, I mean, just everything. I think they're a better team, but at the end of the day, like, nobody really cares about that little improvement. All they care about is, did you make a bowl game? Did you beat CU? Did you win the border war? How'd you do against Air Force? These are the games that really matter, and these are the games that Mike Bobo has just not been able to win in his time, so can he we will see definitely going to be an intense atmosphere uh wyoming hates csu this is a something i've talked about in the past i kind of wish that csu would match the intensity that wyoming brings to this rivalry it's it's not uncommon and culturable it reminds me to an extent of how cu views csu kind of like the difference is is csu does you know we don't try to claim that Wyoming is not a rival like CU does with CSU, but it's more of like a inferior inferiority thing. You know, CU likes to claim they have bigger and better rivals than CSU that they worry about. I think it's a little bit of the same deal with CSU, to whereas it's like, yeah, Wyoming's our rival, but you know, we care more about CU, the bigger games, we're the bigger school, la da 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 da. But at the end of the day, you know, Wyoming they always get up for this game, and as we saw last year, it means a lot to them when they win. Dancing on the field really rubbing it in and hey i'll admit like it was from a csu perspective it's obviously disappointing but i loved that from a just sheer college football enthusiast that's what it's all about that's what you want to see that's the type of passion that you want to see out of csu Uh, but you also you know you got to stay within your game and that's kind of something that i asked mike bobo about today and that's kind of what we're gonna conclude today's podcast with is just some audio with mike bobo talking about the intensity and staying within themselves and not letting it just become too much so here is mike bobo today uh, monday press conference talking about the border war talking about uh, playing with hatred but also just staying smart and staying within the system i will be back for the rest of the week shout out to all of you for listening much appreciated going to be a fun week you obviously have a lot of experience with big rivalries from georgia and all their yeah. teams Talking to Jamal Hicks after the, the win over UNLV, he said he wanted the guys to just have more hatred for Wyoming, yeah. Air Force, Boise State. Do you agree with that, or is that? Well, I think they hate us. I think that, you know, uh, there's no doubt about that. They hate everything about CSU. Um, you know, I mean, I don't – I want us to go out and play a play a game and take advantage of our opportunities is what I want us to do. We're playing hard. We can have hatred. We can, you know – we can love them. I don't care. I want to kick their butt. And they want to kick ours. We want to hate them to do it. I don't think that's you – know, I think there's hate – you know, there's always – there's teams you dislike uh, as a coach and a player. I had them as a player. You have them as a coach. Uh, I would say the Wyoming Colorado State is a – we dislike each other rivalry. And then you have the friendly rivalry some, somewhat. I'm going to talk about other schools like Georgia Auburn is kind of a friendly little rivalry. Oldest rivalry in the South, it was friendly. You know, it's competitive and it's hard-nosed football game and it's, it's always kind of determined, you know, where you're going to have a chance to win the SEC because it was late in the year after the Florida game. Georgia Tech was a dislike rivalry, a hatred. So I'd put Wyoming in that category if that answers your question. Is it easy to like get out of your game if you focus too much on the emotion of it? I yeah, that's every that's every game. Kids have emotion. There's emotion when you're in a locker room. There's emotion when you come out. Uh, that emotion, you know, doesn't last too long. 
uh, you got to be focused, especially on the offensive side of the ball. You know, you got to be, you got to execute defense plays with a little bit more emotion and energy, and you know that's what gets them going. I still have to have that responsibilities, but you always can get too hyped up uh, and try to do too much, and you know, have make a mistake for your offense, defensively, or special teams. You know, instead of just doing your job, what you've always done. You know, people don't like to hear that. You know, hey, you can't just do your job. It can't be just another game. Well, that's you. You do your job, and you you go out there and you perform. I mean, the greatest coach in a you know in a in the country, probably the greatest coach ever. That's the same every week. You know, do your job. You know, it doesn't matter who you're playing. Now, <laughs> do we want to win? Yeah. Do we have a beat? Well, yeah. But you still we gotta go out and do our job. We played our ass off tonight, other night against Air Force. Played our tails off, uh, and then you know, maybe maybe wanted it too much. You know, I don't know. There's some like something to be said for that, but sometimes you just got to go play and do your job. Like Martin Scarelli, turn jam into jelly, then drink it like juice. But water's the truth, so I sip on that too. Skinny looking kid with no car keys, like the only thing I drive is RCRV. He's got the stash like Steve Harvey. Oh, I'm gnarly like.